I like this a lot. I'm your host, Eli Halpern. And I'm Mike Eaton. And today we have an amazing special guest. We got Jamie Kennedy in the house. Wow. Yeah. Amazing and yep. special. That's you. That's me. You're both amazing and special. How are you guys? I'm wonderful. We're doing great, dude. I used to be a huge fan of you, and uh, I still am. Did a it lot go of away? I think that a lot of people are like, oh, what happened to Jamie Kennedy? But since I do stand-up, like, I saw you continuing to do stand-up the whole time, so you don't really go anywhere off my radar. Yeah. Did I go? Did I fall somewhere? Uh, I mean, I hadn't seen you in a, a movie in a while. Have you seen Tremors 6? Tremors 6 is on my list. That's on Netflix, right? Have you seen Tremors 5? <laughs> Do I have to see Tremors 3 and 4 to get 5? I think they're separate universes. Oh, okay, great. So, you know, there it is. You That's perfect. You know, Eli, you do some things. Sometimes they register. Sometimes they don't. I wish this kid was louder. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a child in the studio uh, for some reason. But, you know, yeah, you know, our business is, is you go up and you go down. But right now, things are good. Like, I'm always doing stand-up and stuff. You know? Yeah. But yeah, right now, comes in waves. If, you're, yeah, if you're not in a Marvel movie, people are like, where are you? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But, you know, I've been doing a lot of stuff. So, when did you start doing stand-up when you started doing movies? Or one lead into the other? Uh, no, I started as, I started really as an actor. Mm-hmm. I was an extra and then, was I rude now? The kid's quiet. Oh, no, it's perfect. Um, I She's st- crying now. I yeah. started as an extra, mm-hmm. and then I started to like try to become an actor. And you, you know, you this is back thirty years ago, so you mail a photo and you have a tape. That's and you, awesome. And you wait. Yeah. And then, as you're waiting, you got all this time on your hands, and you're like working in a shit job. So then, someone's like, "You should try stand up." And so right away I started. So my acting journey was like six months in, and then they were like, Sick. "So I started pretty much the same time." And then yeah, yeah, stand up was a way for me to take all my energy and to be productive every night. So that's I kind of started at the same time. That's cool. I just got known as an actor more. Yeah, yeah. Do you prefer one to the other? <sighs> I mean, look. Obviously, being on a movie set, being paid, you know, tons of money. You know, in Belize great. <laughs> is a little more exciting than doing a bar show, yeah. you know, and off of Pomona. But uh, <laughs> there's beautiful moments to both. Right. Like yeah. just, you know, doing a show like last night, you know, we're, we're killing it, having a great time. So, no, I, I love them both. But, you know, obviously there's perks to both. Yeah. Yeah. You know, were sure. you in any of the first five Tremors? <laughs> so, I was in Tremors five. It was a dormant series. It was Tremors 1 and Tremors 2, I think, came out like two years later. And then the third... Tremors 3, Tokyo Drift. Yes. That was the weird, <laughs> <laughs> that was the weird one. <laughs> then it was, it was basically like a 10-year hiatus, and then they like started Universal, like started taking all their properties and huh. making like straight to DVD, but now that's gone, so it's like st- straight to streaming. So then I did the fifth one, and I did the sixth one. Straight to streaming movies are so much better though than straight to DVD and VHS movies were. Well, now it's got a thing of like, oh, you know, 
because Netflix made it hot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's like, you yeah, know. Yeah, the straight to DVD are just like sitting in the side of Walmart. With like yeah, I've ever used to Maybe Dollar General. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Dollar General. Do you remember those big, just $5 bins of movies at Walmart? They're just, still there. I, it's so crazy to look in there. I'm in a couple. See all those, <laughs> just see all those people and be like, oh, where are they now? You know? It's nuts. Yeah, but everything is everything, right? So the whole business is going to change. Like, mm-hmm. there's only going to be three places. It's going to be Netflix. It's going to be Amazon. It's going to be Disney. And everything else, I think, is going to be bought. And yeah. Apple. And then I think everything's going to be IP. So all the big companies are going to take, you know, you got Disney. It's got 500,000 pieces of IP, intellectual property, stuff that we don't even know. Mm-hmm. And they're just going to exploit it. You know what I mean? And, and the, the newer stuff is going to be the outside players, like people like you guys and myself create your own brands because that's mm-hmm. what i think it's going to be what is ip intellectual property intellectual property so it's like spongebob is ip do you know what i mean so it's like paramount viacom you know viacom they yeah. own a bunch of ip and then what they do is like star wars so it's not just like the show but like the merch and all the rights so to it licensing and all disney, that shit. disney like franchise yeah disney plus yeah. disney disney plus is so huge because they just bought, like just one of their universes they bought star wars so within star wars they created besides all those movies they're, they're creating 10 new series their highest streaming series was loki it, it ended last night and then on top of that they're going to have 10 more it was the number one trend so meaning like they have so much Content yeah. that they well, can I mean, just exploit Marvel and Star Wars, forever. It's so it's hard to get a new idea in there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Do you do you think that that has like effects on uh, like censorship too? When like you have so many people like that that are owning everything? Because I feel like one of the number one things I hear from comedians is, is when they have stuff with Disney is that it changes the way they do everything else that they do. Look, you can't go on stage and do all the stuff that you want to do and work for a big company now. You know how that is because people, if there's any type of pushback of a pod you did or a tweet you said, mm-hmm. they're going to come and say, oh, Mike Eaton in 2015 said something that was insensitive. Now, back in the day, it'd be like, all right, well, you know, Mike made a mistake. He apologized or we stands by it. But no one wants the drama now. So yeah. they'll just it's easier to get rid of Mike Eaton than it is to fight for Mike Eaton. Well, I would think that comedy would be better sad. because you have full control of your full creative control of, of your set and stuff. Whereas like being an actor, you have to like go off someone else's material. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, that's uh, yeah. I mean, like comedy in terms of like if you build your comedy and you build your brand, look at comedians that, you know, that are just coming up completely independently, you know, starting to do one nighters and then to clubs or selling out and then going to small theaters and then. Eventually arenas. Yes, comedy in terms of you creating your own brand is amazing and you are in charge. But being a part of an amazing movie that travels the world, and you know, fucking car- red carpets and p- potentially awards, it's that's beautiful too. I think it's all, I like to keep my foot in all of it. Yeah. But it's dicey now because comics push the envelope and people say, oh, what did you say? You went too far. Mm-hmm. In doing that, so it's an interesting thing happening. Yeah, like I, I, I for sure like will never be a part of any Disney stuff just because of this podcast. Like not even this episode, but just Disney really, in general. yeah. I mean, and just because like you know, he and I like will be joking around and stuff. But I really hate to like think like don't say this or don't go there. Like I, my thing is, I won't use racial slurs. 
I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Well, that's a good start. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Like, I, like just don't Pretty use racial slurs. Good start. As long as you're not I'll me- use meaner than you are funny, then it's fine. But like in that attempt, you cross the line sometimes. You know? Look, you gotta understand. We're in a wild time of people misinterpret you guys are sucking on those vapes like it's vitamin c jesus it is. i need to do my hands why you guys can't see you're all like <sighs> very high strung uh are you high strung yeah why i'm high strung he's high yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for sure look we live in a time where everything is seen and everybody's literal and there's only let's just say there's eight percent of the people in the world are funny mm-hmm. if that yeah, two per- fuck, that'd be amazing. Yeah, two percent. Yeah. <laughs> so we're used to seeing those two percent within our own community, mm. and you could say stuff, and people don't give a shit because we know we're just joking. Yeah. But now, ninety-eight percent of the world can see two percent of stuff that they never could see before, and they're like, yeah. "That's offensive. That's this. Blah blah." So you're like, "Yo, what happened?" So that's why. Yeah. If when money starts coming your way, you're gonna rethink some of that. Because you're going to yeah. make money and you're going to be like a, oh. a, a, a tweet that gets me likes from five of my homies or half a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, money changes high. stuff, bro. I know people, like, I always hear people criticize artists like that person sold out. It's like the first opportunity I have, I'm selling. <laughs> <laughs> the first person that's like, here's a check for your morals. Like, yes, have them. What yeah. do you want me to sell? Are we, is this child slavery or juice bars? What are we doing? Yeah. Every time I get high, I look down my social media accounts and I'm just like, Jesus Christ, I'm, <laughs> I'm fucked. Dude, I, that's the scariest thing about Facebook is it does the memories. And I got a Facebook when I was 16. Oh, boy. So I was just blasting out. I mean, 90% of my old Facebook status is just end in, girls, text me, please. But, <laughs> but but it's all just like partying tonight. Who wants to get fucked up? And like, just that's like, not terrible. It, but it, it's crazy to see how just, uh, you know, I put everything that I was thinking and saying out there and like, let's all get naked. And just like, you know, it's how old were you? 16, 17. I used to do like a Facebook friend cleansing where I would just try to post really offensive shit every like week or so. And just look how many people unfriended me. So those probably were bad. <laughs> yeah, those are going to be fun and fine. Probably years. hilarious, but. Yeah. How old are you? 30. And how old are you? 28. So, yeah, you grew up with it when mm-hmm. you were younger than you. Wow, you've had Facebook for 14 years. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that makes sense. Wow, you were early. Yeah, I remember when I got on it, like I was on a cruise. And all these other kids were like, you got to get off MySpace and get on Facebook. And I made one. And. Like the first picture is of me and these two guys. One of them was a Jewish guy, and one of them was a Mexican guy. Uh-huh. And there's a picture of the three of us with a Mexican flag and a star of David behind them. And it was just, the title was just like we're braiding each other's anal hairs. And like, yeah. That was just my first Facebook post. That was your first that Facebook was my, ever. My very first Facebook post. <laughs> like, that could be an NFT. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We have an NFT. You do. Uh, the Giggle Boys podcast. Uh, our old studio, we had a green screen behind us, mm. so I put a giant picture of a gaping vagina on the green screen. Butthole. And it was both. It was wow. A butthole and then the giant gaper vagina under it. The butthole is the gaping one, though. No. The vagina was regular sized. Mm, are you sure? Yeah. Either way, there was a big old gaper, and I just put my thumb up in front of it to censor it, and then it, it's the two of us with me censoring the gaper. So it's censored. Yeah. Because that, that's hard to get a... Sponsor with that Yeah yeah No it's It's tough Yeah It's for sale on Rarible.com For one Ethereum 
Mm-hmm. Which is like two thousand dollars. Yeah, that's a lot. Is anyone get any bids yet? No, but uh <laughs> No, of course not. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I don't think anyone that listens to this has two thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but it wait, you're doing bucks to make too. You're doing well. You came up, you, you had a you, you came up, was it you who has who has the Tesla? You have a Tesla. Why do you have a Tesla? Because I'm a really bad driver. So wait. He drives for me. So you're not making money on this yet, but you have other monies. Uh, he does, yeah. and I have a wife that makes money. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's great. Yeah, she's awesome. Her. But uh, no, he, he does like Amazon shipping shit and oh. made money. So he had that independent of comedy. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Nuts. Yeah, I, I used to do that. Now I'm working on a Golden Cricket, uh, Cricket Protein Bar company. Really? So that Cricket should, Protein. Yeah, that should that should change the game. Actually, dude, I've had a Cricket. What do you Where? think about it? I've had. Pumami worm. Or is that a Pumami worm? You know what that is? South is that Africa. Slang for pussy? No. But geez. <laughs> Pumami worm is is a worm that they eat in South Africa. It's like a it's like a, a protein snack. Okay. And they're like hardened, but they're really tasty. And they have crickets there too, like proteins. They're actually a very good I've eaten them. Yeah, like chocolate covered protein uh, crickets, espresso covered crickets. I've had them. Like, wow, you like them? They're good. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, I, f- I figured the world wasn't ready to start eating crickets, so I thought it would be a good idea to grind them into powder and then put them in protein bars. That'd be more palatable to most Americans. But people do eat them. Yeah, eighty yeah, percent of the world eats insects. Yes, and how is it going? Uh. W- we're hoping to start production soon. Okay. So. But doesn't like 75% of the world not have air conditioning? Probably. So like, you know, only 5% of people with AC are eating bugs. I don't know the right? statistics. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'll eat it as a flower, but like, like I can't even do like peel and eat shrimp, really. I can, I think, I can do lobster. Really? Like, but like, just like, yeah. I don't know, it's the little legs and shit. I feel bad now that you said the cricket thing, but. Yeah. I didn't see all that. I just ate the bar. Yeah, yeah, But actually, no, I did eat a couple, but they were like chocolate. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, so these all bars right. are peanut butter, chocolate, banana flavor. They're, I they're bet actually, they're amazing. They're actually really good. They're fat tested. I tried them. They do. Yeah, they're very good. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I bet they're amazing. So that's a good idea. So you are you one of those dudes that's like, I started blah, blah. Like those commercials that come up on my YouTube. Stop drop shipping. Was that you? No, th- those are those guys do coaching. Oh, I've done okay. that too. Okay, <laughs> yeah, he's a serial entrepreneur. Okay, that's and awesome. I'm just a pothead. That's yeah. nothing wrong with that. No, it's great. Yeah, yeah I do way great. too much shit. I actually had an interview with a, a ketamine psychiatrist over uh, FaceTime the other day, and uh, she was like, "I don't recommend that you do ketamine. It seems like you have mania. You do <laughs> way too much stuff." And I was like, "Isn't that a good thing?" And then I also mentioned that I think people are probably aliens. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Yeah. I don't know. I was like, that's not much crazier than believing in the Bible. And she was like, I can't dispute that. <laughs> I was like, well, then give me the goddamn drugs, lady. Yeah. You want to do the ketamine stuff? Yeah. It's supposed to rewire your brain. Yeah. Well, I've done a bunch of it. Same. Um, <laughs> it's fun. Just at a festival. Yeah. And just at like the, a. If like you're doing ketamine at a festival, you're doing it wrong. You got to do, mm. do it by yourself. It's not a social drug. It's not a social drug, but like you can be at a festival and do it and then sit on a blanket and just be like in a little <laughs> table with music and just looking at people. 
you don't have to interact with him. You just be like, well, that guy has a collar on. You know, <laughs> like, like I was at uh, Nocturnal Wonderland, and I was on like six or seven points of Molly, and then I ate some acid. What does that mean, points? Uh, so like point one of a gram. So instead of taking like, you know, ecstasy used to just be like a tab or like a roll or whatever. Really? They, I've never done any of that. Oh, really? Can you believe that? I know. That's I never, awesome. I've never done it. Cool. I've done enough for both of us. Yeah. yeah wow. Fine. This sounds like intense. But so, yeah, so I was rolling really hard, which is just like all of your happiness drugs are being released. Yeah, I know that. And then uh, I was on a bunch of acid. And then I did a little bit of ketamine just to throw it in there. And I remember just like sitting there just like on the blanket so happy with music playing. Like yeah, because you weren't interacting with people. I, yeah, I you don't that. have to. Trying to talk to people is really hard on, on ketamine. It's so hard. I always end up uh, like saying something that makes no sense. Yeah. Isn't it the drug that makes you hug? Ecstasy is. Ecstasy. So yeah. ketamine's not ecstasy. No, no. They're very different. Ketamine is a horse tranquilizer, mm. uh, but it's uh, dissociative. So it, it kind of makes you and your body slash consciousness separate. Have you done any drugs? Weed. Mushrooms. Okay, yeah, mushrooms are great. Just the per- Percocet. Yeah. <laughs> but that was just like for a back pain, and then I kind of like the pain went away, and I just kept taking it for a little bit. But yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't bad. It was Atta just boy. it was just relaxing. Yeah, they're very nice. By the way, this is much much one of your deeper podcasts. How much deeper is this podcast than the gaping butthole one? Ah, uh, it's much deep. Well, it's the same one. Literally deeper. Yeah, we're That's yeah weird. we're about an inch and a half past that. Right now. <laughs> We're in I don't. You know what? Mess. People always think I'm like drugged up or cracked out or whatever. I'm not. I work a ton, and I never sleep. I try to sleep. I'm a Gemini, and I'm constantly doing. So I probably do a lot of stuff like you do, and it takes a lot of work to do what we do. You yeah. know, from traveling to doing shows to write to performing. Like some people don't realize, I'll do two hours a night. Two and a half hours And I did radio all morning You know And I might have flown in and, and like last week I shot something Then I went right to two shows Did the two shows Did press the next morning This shit takes a lot out of you And yeah. you're tired You know I made notes on a script Yeah so, Perfect sell for why you should do drugs though Yeah Probably like an up drug Yeah, yeah. But I know I do coffee You could microdose meth <laughs> it's called Adderall Yeah, yeah it's essentially just Adderall Yeah, that's what I heard but I just don't want to do it because I just I like my brain Yeah And I really don't even smoke weed I just like want, If I've got everything done Then I'll mm-hmm. take a little toke to chill out But I become like really stupid Oh, I got I'm you. like That's a good reason I hate my brain Really? You hate Why? It just creates problems for me Really? Yeah, you seem like you're pretty right now Like dude <laughs> you're judging this conversation as you're having it and thinking about stuff as opposed to just being. Yeah, it, it's take, it's an ongoing process of trying to stay present and uh, not let my. You're third eyeing it. Me. You're third eyeing it right now. Did you do ketamine? No. Before this? Is that no, what would, happened? It would definitely you're not just in a K hole. Just like, <laughs> Where, aren't you a baseball player or something? No, I, I do martial arts. You're a martial arts guy. Yeah. So that probably helps you zen. Oh, yeah, because you're forced to be in the moment. When you're fighting someone, if you think about anything else, you're going to get punched in the face. Yeah. So it's, it's a, that's a good outlet for me to, like, force myself to, to focus. So that's you're like stand-up. Yeah. Stand-up. So, yeah, same with, same with stand-up. That's so weird you say that because I was thinking that last night. I was doing this joke, and I was so in the moment, and I was like, where am I? And I'm like, I'm in some barn, converted barn in Austin. <laughs> 
And I was like, what's going on right now? And I was like, okay, that was a laugh. And <laughs> then I was like, okay, yeah, what's my next thing I'm going to talk about? And it really is, everything slows down yeah. when I do stand-up, in a good way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's kind of the most peaceful part of my day, if you can believe that or not. Yeah, for sure. Dude, so my I, biggest fear with stand-up is that I will get too in my head, and then I'll just forget to say my material. And that has slowed down considerably over the last... I've been doing stand-up like five years now. And over the last year, that hasn't been that big of an issue. But that used to be like... I would rather bomb doing my material than do like good, but like forget a chunk of it. See, here, here's the issue. Like, we place too much emphasis on having to kill. And we all do it. And society says, oh, have a good set, break a leg, kill. Your growth will be in the bombs. Your growth will be in the trying, and your growth will be if you do forget something. You just want to be present. And if you don't say anything on stage for like five seconds, I guarantee the audience will be completely quiet. And yeah, be like, it's What is this guy doing? Mm-hmm. And that's good. Do you know? And I think that's the thing. As I was thinking about it. It's like I hate sometimes – were people worried if I kill or not because I want to just get a new bit out there mm-hmm. you know like last night I did a bit about heroin and it was, it was the only bit part of my second set that kind of was a little dicey mm-hmm. but it was a bit for me yeah yeah you know so you know I, I hear like sometimes on stage comics say like that was a bit for me and yeah. it started off I would always think that that was like a cop out of like when a joke didn't do well them being like it well, is that was too. for me but then, like, you know, I get to a place where, like, I've done, you know, like, I have a closer that I do usually that's about my wife. Mm-hmm. And it always gets a laugh. And that's why I close with it. Because it's, you know, it's a two-piece joke. It takes up four minutes. It's great. So, like, that's my closing joke. But I, I get tired of doing that joke every night. Like, I want to get laughs from something else. I already know that works. So sometimes I try a joke and it doesn't work. And it really was for me. Like, I was doing that because, like, I know I'm going to get you back in a minute with this joke. But, like, you know, I wanted to try some new shit. Yeah. You know? Do you feel like some of your favorite jokes to do don't work out that great and some of your least favorite jokes work much better? Totally, 100%. I feel like every comedian thinks like that. Yeah, like I have a lot of jokes that I want to do that I don't know how to make funny. Mm. And then I'll try them and they'll be somewhat funny. But some of my best jokes are the ones that are easy, but they're not like fun. You know what I mean? Because I know they work and they're fun, but it's not like a deep, dark revelation of something yeah yeah, yeah. that's what comedy but should like be. artistically it's... challenging it's just like oh i this is a formula that will make you laugh i can make it mine yeah laugh at it yeah and it's like you know i want to say something deeper than that yeah yeah and it's like you know it's the whole setup is it's hard to do because people are coming in there to escape mm-hmm. they're coming in there to laugh the expectations of what comedy is is what's already kind of fucking with us because we're basically here and you're expected to laugh. Mm-hmm. And if you don't laugh, did we do our job? Yeah. But, you know, really. The, the audience is usually on your side, too. Like, they want to laugh. They, they do. Laugh. They do. If but, they paid money and they know the show's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I still end up doing some of those shows sometimes where they're like, hey, who knew there was a comedy show tonight? And like, three people are like, Ooh. <laughs> you know, oh, really? You get those? Yeah. Well, if, you, if yeah, I mean, you're not. Well, if you're playing like a mixed show, if it's like a bar show. Yeah, I'll do like a bar show. And, you know, there'll be like five or six pretty good comics on it. (laughs) Get there. (laughs) But that's when some of those shows, 
people don't realize they're being invaded. Yeah. You know, like if it's set up for comedy, it's different. But if it's like yeah. a bar show, sometimes people are like, I didn't know a comedy show breaks out. It's like a gorilla yeah. show. Yeah. You just pop up from behind bushes and start yelling jokes at people. And they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's like it's it, it's a fun way to test material, though. Yeah. Because if you can get people that didn't want to hear comedy to laugh at a joke. Big time. It's a pretty good joke. It's you know? beautiful training. Yeah. You know, I think that's what you have what's to like do. the weirdest comedy venue you've done like a set in? I have to imagine you've done some crazy shit. <laughs> I mean, I heard you did the back room of a wine bar the other night. <laughs> then they put me in past two hours. <laughs> and the air conditioning was in question. It was across the street from a quinceanera. Yeah. The the fanciest quinceanera in town, I've heard. <laughs> um, that was actually a nice one. That was like a sophisticado one. Yeah. But I could see when a joke wasn't working, the disdain on people's faces. <laughs> As they were sipping this, mm. and, um, yeah. well, people were tired because <laughs> I know we were. We had to fill a bunch of time um, waiting for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you guys knew I had another gig. Yeah, yeah. I do that. That whole day was so stressful. Me and Mike had this uh, venue picked out. Well, Mike picked it out, and <laughs> and I, at the day of, I was like, I'm going to go drive to this venue and, and check it out, and it was awful it was it was outdoors there was like no chairs it was dirty it was right next to a bunch of homeless people shooting up heroin the mm. parking was like on grass and i was like dude mike i'm freaking out i don't know if this is gonna work out but he missed the best part it had a dab bar <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that would have covered a lot of things that's what i'm saying but everyone the thought dab it was a free bar would have covered a lot of things it, it also was not a free dab bar yeah so but we she found gonna, she was gonna give away some dabs we found the wanderlust uh wine bar at, like the last how minute. did you you put that show on together in the last two hours yeah mm-hmm. how you walked i'm in? a hard worker so you walked <laughs> in and said what uh, so well, I, the I, guy I, that runs the app we were saying that's incredible to, yeah, GOG uh, app. The GOG um, app. It's an awesome app. So, because like Eventbrite and all these other ones are fucking bullshit, and they take a giant chunk of fees uh-huh. and scalpers run them. So this guy was like, "I'm gonna make my own ticketing app, so people can do shows." And it tells you what shows own. are going on in your area, and you can just click on them and buy tickets. Yeah, GOG. Yeah, so we we partnered with them for the show to sell our tickets to them, and we told him about our concerns, and he was like, "Hey, I know the guy that owns Wanderlust. Let me ask him." And then the guy was like, "Yeah, we have a back room usually for private events. Come mm-hmm. through." So I got there like two hours before the show and set up all the chairs and the tables and everything in the room. And then we got all the, the sound set up and then, so you, that's insane. And the guy let you do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was actually a really good show. And they were, uh, it was a good show. And the fact that you guys did that within like three hours. Well, and they were so excited to have you there. Like the owner and everybody was so pumped to have you there. Oh, that's nice. I hope I was nice to them. I yeah, mean, no, they like, loved you. Took they, the pictures. They, yeah, no, they like they were genuinely like so excited to have you there. Like they posted about it. Their big announcement for their new location. They used your picture for. Oh, they were like, cool. how cool is this that we had him come into our original location? Come see us at our new location thing. It's dope. It was dope. Like yeah. you should do uh, a show where it's like an inclusive package. You probably make some more money. You can do the wine and cheese. I've done shows like that. Those wow. are actually good shows. Yeah, no, we we have a lot of stuff in the works for that yeah. venue because we could just we could just like take over that venue and do shows. You that said are like cheese weekly. though. I didn't even think about cheese. Dude, I love cheese, cheese, charcuterie, yeah. and vino. It's a good show. Hell yeah, eighty people. Dude, I would love sophisticated people to get yes. right? <laughs> Hundred bucks is a fucking ticket. Oh, can you imagine All getting a in? spit take from someone with red wine? Why not? <laughs> you, know, you just do a great joke and it looks like blood but on if the back of someone's shirt. Oh. But if it's a good, you know, if it's a good bottle, 
Yeah. Right? I feel yeah. Like the worst part of that show is like 90% of the people were my friends that have already seen me post most of my material. Really? So there was a time, I was doing like, I was doing a set and then I was just looking around the room and I'm like, all of these people have heard these jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get out of here. So yeah, you do, sh- that's the thing is you don't want to invite anybody to know the comedy shows. Yeah. I that's mean, how you get better. It's well, unless you have supportive. Like I never had supportive people like want me to tell jokes. It was always strangers that liked me. People who knew me were like, "You can't do comedy." So yeah. I didn't have that until I, I moved to Austin. Like, oh really? In in L A, people would be like, "When's your next show?" And I'm like, I posted on Instagram. They're like, "Let me know." I'm like, I can't let you know because then I don't have to let everyone know. And then they'd be like, oh, "I'll see you there." And then they would never come. And then out here, the, I like I don't do a single show. I, I I just post about. It. I don't even invite anyone. And I don't do a single show where like a handful of my friends don't show up. It's so a, people it's great, like you. You have a following. Yeah, it's it's a great environment out here. That's I love great. It. Yeah, Austin. I don't miss L.A. at all. Up. Really? You guys don't miss L.A.? I miss the comedy store. I'm, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't miss any of the... And like, I mean, so I'm three years in mm-hmm. comedy, and I moved to L.A. when I was six months in. So, I you know, I was grinding open mics constantly, trying to get on shows. And I was at the point, like right before the pandemic hit, where I had my first full week in a row of shows. Right, seven days in a row performing somewhere in L.A. Mm-hmm. And I was super excited about that, but I'm doing you know five ten minutes, seven minutes, you know somewhere in there. My longest set was like fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now that I'm in Austin and I built up those chops in L.A., like I have opportunities to do ten, fifteen minutes to clubs and opportunities that I wouldn't get in L.A. You yeah, know, like, I, like the opportunity I had last night to do that drop in set on your show is mm-hmm. because I've done a lot of great sets at Sunset, and so they're like, hey, pop in and do five minutes, have fun with it, mm-hmm. like. I'm not going to get that in L.A. Mm-hmm. There's, there's nowhere with that kind of amazing crowd that's going to let me drop in. It was a hot crowd. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, and I, I do feel like there's a lot of stuff popping here. Mm-hmm. And I feel like more stuff is going to open. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like me and Mike kind of got in on, like, the ground floor with the Austin comedy scene because we moved here at, like, the per- – or I moved – he moved back here. I moved here at, the like, the perfect time, especially with all the grinding in L.A., going from L.A. to here, it's like – Kind of being like a bigger fish in a smaller pond because mm-hmm. there's less competition, and I don't know a lot of the Austin comics have kind of faded out because they're just not that funny. Well, and a lot shots of fired. <laughs> no, I mean, shots there's a, fired. There's a lot of very funny Austin comics, but it's also interesting to see because one of the reasons that I moved away from Austin was because it was very clicky. You know, mm-hmm. it was like you know I had been doing mics and I couldn't get on shows anywhere. You mean L.A.? No, uh, Austin was. And then, oh, and then I would go to San Antonio and Houston. And people would book me on shows. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. And mm. I'd come back here and nobody would book me on shit. But all of the same people were all, it was the same 25 people that were on all the 10 shows all the time. Mm. And now you come back and of those 25 people, 15 stopped doing comedy because of the pandemic. And 10 mm. of them are still, you know, kind of doing shows a little bit. But they are used to, you know, walking into any open mic and getting a bump. And now they have to go because there's 500 new comics from LA that moved here. You know, they're like, they got to work for their spots again. And they had, they had already worked for it in this town. So I think there's, there's some kind of resentment there, that's mm. the bitterness that's created some tension in the scene. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like Vulcan, Creek in the Cave, and Sunset are like the three biggest places to do comedy in town right now. Mm. And none of those existed in this town a year ago. Really? So yep. for comedy. Yeah. Wow. All of those started doing comedy at the beginning of 2021. I played every one of them. Yeah. And they're awesome. Yeah. And those were our new clubs here. It used to be. They like felt Cap- so like they've been doing it for 10 years. Right. And wow. So it like Cap City used to be the big club in town. Mm-hmm. And then there was the Valrita Room and Paramount and Stateside. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, big people do Bass Hall and all that shit. But like 
you know, now we have those three places that have multiple rooms and like, you know, there's all of the little hostels and bars and lounges around town doing shows now. I mean, it's huge. I mean, you can go yeah. and do sets in front of 50 people basically any night of the week. You know? Yeah, like I really did love that show you guys did, like mm-hmm. that wine bar. I mean, it was, oh, they were a little tired, but it was like, I don't know, 50, 52 people, and it was a good vibe. Like I would have, you know, I would do that again if I could go up within the before the fourth hour. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like people, we definitely need better microphones next time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just paranoid. I don't fucking know the truth. I'm not even paranoid. It's good to come to places like this because L.A. is... You know, people are jog. People are literally looking in the mirror with of themselves, not wearing a mask, and then they fucking freak out. They go, "Why aren't you wearing a mask to mm. themselves?" Yeah, 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 that was a joke. Didn't work. No, but I, what I'm I, trying I, to say, <laughs> it was that. I, I got it. What I'm trying to say is, and now I'm here, and people are like spitting in your eye. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a good litmus test to see what will happen. You know, not that I'm excited about it, but I do think a lot of people are vaccinated here, whichever whatever that means, mm-hmm. and I feel that now. I don't know where I was going, but that microphone, I don't want to share a microphone. I don't care. <laughs> I don't want to share a microphone when there is no pandemic. Yeah. Like if, fair. if the fucking variant can spread in anywhere in the world, it would be in a fucking comedy show with a bunch of comics. 100%. I would say the coronavirus was born from a comedy community. It makes sense comic to me. community. It's probably ground zero. Dude, if, I, I, if I ever get forced to get vaccinated, I would wear a prosthetic shoulder. <laughs> Dude. That is fucking a good idea. <laughs> that is such a good idea. Do Bro, it. you got to. <laughs> that's fucking a good idea. I just I just did you it. You did it. Yeah. Because you did six grams of ketamine. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, it's, it's you know, I, I do enough drugs that like at the end of the day, my thing was COVID's killing fat people. I'm a fat people. I've got shitty lungs. I don't know what's going on with my organs because I haven't had health insurance in years. So, you know, like, I, I figure, like, if I get COVID, I might die. And that's, like, just not – I'm not ready yet. Yeah. My I, thing is – I would like to do some more jokes. Yeah. When like, the I, pandemic started – some more drugs. When yeah. the pandemic started, I was – I took it very seriously. I wouldn't go around anyone. I was constantly washing my hands, sanitizing, wearing the mask. And I was like, I don't want to – risk being wrong so i'm just gonna do what they recommend and i'll wait for the data to come out and then i'll be able to make up my own mind about it the data comes out seems like it's not that big of a deal and then on top of that the whole vaccination is being pushed by people that are confirmed pedophiles and have links to jeffrey epstein just doesn't sit right with me it just yeah there's a lot there i don't you know what there's a lot there that you you can't even talk about because they'll they'll fucking yeah, they're, Dude, they're looking through people's the phones now. And then molest some kids and then sues them, saying that the vaccine made them a pedophile. <laughs> wow. That would be a great Supreme Court case, right? Yes. Like, can we be. say that vaccines make you, like, the frogs are turning gay thing? Okay, I'll do the uh, prosthetic shoulder. You become a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> it's for the show. <laughs> you can't even joke about that. That's something you might want to edit out right now. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. You're not going to get a sponsor by saying that. <laughs> no, no, no. It, you might get a job at the Clinton Foundation. Yeah. Jesus, you're trying to get <laughs> this guy. Jesus I know. Christ. I make too many jokes on stage about wanting to kill myself. It's going to be really easy to take me out. Yeah. Here's the whole thing, though. <laughs> When I started, when I started seeing that the donuts were being given out to get the the jab, I thought that was a little weird. What's wrong with donuts? <laughs> exactly, sir, sir. The 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 coronavirus is killing 
people that possibly are overweight. Oh, shit. And then let's make, let's that. give you a donut on top of that. Well, if I'm getting the vaccine, then my fatness is okay. I'm yes, protected. Exactly. <laughs> so they're like, you can keep being fat, fatty. Have a donut. <laughs> it's big sugar strikes again. Big sugar. Hire me, big sugar. <laughs> Please, big sugar, hire me. I'm trying to get sponsored by big sugar. The, the shoulder thing is a good idea. Yeah. It's a good idea. I get a few of those every once in a while. So <laughs> the thing is, it's like you can't really even talk about it. People like will ban you. Isn't that crazy? People get yeah. very upset about it. Did you hear the Biden they, administration is going to start monitoring people's text messages who are talking about the vaccine? I Is that true? It's uh, posted by Gateway Pundit, which hasn't been uh, shown to be bullshit. Wow. If that's true, like so many people are going to start fucking and it's with done dealers dude it's a rat dealers like can i get three of them vaccines homie <laughs> <laughs> just to mess with people <laughs> i think society could be a rap yeah dude shut yeah. up just say heroin yeah <laughs> there's too much if, if that starts happening it's done people are going to go crazy yeah there's already tons of revolts well that's why i like being in entertainment because yeah. like even as the world burns our job is to get on stage and make it funny yeah so like you know this has got to be one of the more bizarre podcasts you guys have done in your first four. Yeah, they're all pretty bizarre. Yeah, they're they're all yeah, we're we're not normal people, you know. Yeah. Yeah, like we, they all tend to you know kind of go that way. Yeah, we're pretty good. I mean, we talked about our extensive experience. We've done a lot of DMT together. Really? Yeah, a, an excessive amount, some would say. And so you know, we've together about, yeah. in a house or in a field. Uh, uh, we used to do it. Like, a car or an apartment. Yeah, or a, a lot of times we'd go at to um, that hotel right across from the comedy store that had all of, like the strings. You know what I'm talking about? The colorful oh, webbing. Awesome. Like, overlooked. No, it was, not, it was not the one right to next to it. it. So if you're at the comedy store and then you take a right, yeah, that hotel uh, towards the pink dot. Yeah, right across the street. Is that the Mondrian? That's the Mondrian. And they have the big uh, like net sculpture outside, and the yoga oh net. no, that's the uh, that's the new that's the new one. I forget it, but that's the new There's one. There's like a sculpture of a vagina. It's a net vagina. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. How did we never pick up on that? It's just a net, but you said vagina, <laughs> yeah. so. Anything's a vagina if you fuck it. Yeah, right. So wait, so you would go there and do DMT at that nice hotel? Yeah, well, there's like this outside patio like area. patio area that was it's beautiful, really nice. And it's a gorgeous view of the skyline. So how long does it last? About 10 minutes. That's it? Yeah. Yeah. That's it? Yeah, yeah. they call it the businessman's trip. Yeah, it's perfect. Because you can just blast off and then get right back to work. No hangover. That's so weird. I thought it would be hours. No. One time I signed up for an open mic in Burbank, and I went out because it was like you'd have to sign up at 6, and it didn't start till 7. Yeah. So I got there at 6. I signed up, went in the parking lot, did DMT with my buddy, and then we went back inside, and we were still like 15th on the list, so we went back out and did more DMT and then came back in. You'd like to do a lot of mind-altering substances. I, well, I have it ebbs and flows. Wait, so what does it do to you? So is it acid? Times a thousand. Yeah, basically. So it's it's much stronger. Do you see the uh, the simulation? Have you ever yeah. watched that video well, yeah. with the dude who says he sees like the riveting in the sky? So that's why I stopped doing it as much is because we were sitting at that hotel and I opened my eyes too early and I was looking at the skyline. It was all pixelated. And I was like, oh, nothing's real. I'll never know if anything's real again. The world's a lie. And now that's just in the back of my head forever. So what did you see? Just pixels in the sky. Just the sky looked like a shitty low resolution, like 16 bit video game. And then it like came into clear resolution as the drugs wore off. And I was like, oh, the drugs make me see through the computers. 
Yeah, definitely yeah. sprinkled a little schizophrenia in me. A hundred percent. Whoa, this is not the first time I've heard this. Yeah. So our reality is basically coded. Coded. Yeah, well, I mean, the um, there's like shit with uh, quantum physics. There's the whole notion of how the, on the smallest level that electrons and particles behave as light waves when they're not being observed, meaning that everything you're yes. not looking at is just light. And the, then as soon as you look at it, slit theory. it condenses. The slit theory. Yes, yeah. exactly. The Max Planck yeah. um, double slit thing. Yes. So the only thing that, uh, or, or, or the thing that uh, relates to that directly is video games. You know, if you're playing a video game, you doesn't move render the player. until you go to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it's made of not only light, but intelligent light that carries data. And if that's hard to comprehend, just think of Wi-Fi as intelligent light. It's literally letting out That did waves. help me comprehend it. Did not? No, it did. Okay. Because I'm dumb. <laughs> yeah, so Wi-Fi just lets out waves that are literally coded with zeros and ones that, you know, you connect to your phone or computer and you literally have the entirety of, like, human knowledge on the internet. Yeah. So we saw through the, the Wi-Fi-generated world on DMT. And so, you know, you got to take a break from that sometime. Because, like, it, it, dis- it got to a place where I distinctly remember when I would be on DMT, I felt like I was somewhere else with other beings. And when I would come down, the world was so disappointing. Yeah. Like, there was, like, a period of, like, three or four months where I was like, I wouldn't mind dying because I know what happens when we die, and it's going to be lit. Yeah. Um, I did DMT so much that it stopped working. I yeah. did it, like, a hundred times in this month period where me and Mike were doing it a bunch. Yeah. And there's there's no um, there's no Is biological... brain fried? You tell me. <laughs> I think so. You blink a lot. <laughs> These lights are really bright. Whoa, this yeah. is tripping me the fuck out. <laughs> but yeah, it stopped working, and there's no like biological reason for you to build a tolerance to it. But a lot of people will say that the entities lock you out because uh, the most common thing in a DMT trip is feeling that there's definitely other beings around you. And yeah, most people refer to those as, as entities. And I have a joke on stage that like I, I did so much DMT that even beings in another dimension were like, hey, slow down, you're doing way too much. <laughs> <laughs> so wait. So you take this thing. So it's a it's a vape pen. It looks a lot like this. Just like a little cartridge. And yeah. then you just. Where do they sell it? The Whole in- Foods? <laughs> the internet. So it's not legal. Strangers? No. Well, in Oakland and. Denver. Denver. You suck a DMT pen. It's not like a tab of acid. No. Or no. a mushroom. Where mushrooms don't kick in for an hour and a half. No, this. it And you, it lasts all day. So you hit like. Yeah. How could it be over in 10 minutes? Because uh, your your body metabolizes it quickly, so ayahuasca is the same drug, but but it's drank. You have and it's mixed with another drug that prevents your body from breaking it down, so it lasts for like four to six hours. But ayahuasca is natural, isn't it? So is DMT. Yeah, yeah. This is just the synthesized version of it, where you have an MAOI, so it doesn't last as long. So you do it. Mm-hmm. You smoke it. You hit the pen. This is so different lungs, than I thought. And you we were do it like two or three about. times. And like the way <laughs> that we would it. do it is we would set like a timer for fifteen minutes. Because by the fifteen minutes you're fine. Hold on. So okay, what there's this stuff that people smoke called salvia. Yeah, yeah, I've done that. And I'm Jesus. Do you sniff gasoline too? I have. I, yeah, I've done that. Is <laughs> yeah, anything? Yeah. I put glue. I put rubber glue in my pancakes. Yeah. Sniffed it. We'll try anything till I form a crippling addiction to it. Yeah. So, so you, 
so salvia was something was I would I watched somebody smoke and they went to another like planet mm-hmm. and it was like for like fifty seconds, mm-hmm. right? And they were like, Ugh. but that's totally different. Salvia I describe as DMT's like bitchy emo stepsister. <laughs> like yeah because it, it lasts it, dirty. Doesn't, it doesn't last as long and it's mean and, it, and it's like kind of darker visions usually okay it's like, dirty and gritty and dmt is like clean and bright ethereal and so dmt and you're there and you smoke it mm-hmm. so i understand what you saw did you see the riveting i saw a lot of stuff so yeah. but did you see like you saw like like he saw like the pixelated sky I saw the entire city turn into a, an alien civilization once. The first time I ever did DMT, I I saw the Earth, and then I saw this current of electricity orbit the Earth, and then I zoomed in. I became that current of electricity, and it was a current of consciousness. And then I went from different people's eyeballs all around the world, seeing from their perspective. Like I was a rice farmer in China, and then I was like a Saudi Arabian woman holding a baby. And then he was killed for being a Saudi Arabian <laughs> woman. <laughs> and then I, I was just seeing through the eyes of all these people. And then I just, I was like sitting in my bed smoking this out of a bong at the time. And I was just like, what the fuck? It was insane. And it felt so real. Mm-hmm. How do you go back to normalcy? <laughs> That's what I'm do saying. Do you have these memories in your head? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I do wouldn't say. Do they fuck you up? Mm. The one that fucks me up the most is it's one made time, me less afraid of death. Uh, yeah, uh, well, sort of. So the one that fucks me up the most is one time I was at. Uh, oh. Do you know what Wasteland Weekend is no. out in the desert in L.A.? So they mm. have a Mad Max themed festival, and it's a five day festival out in the Mojave Desert. Oh, that's like the grimy. Uh, what's the one that happens every year in August? Burn- uh, Burning like, Man. This is like the. The grimy burning. Yeah, man. it's yes. it's like steampunk burning man. Yeah, hardcore. So I went out there to go do two days of that, and the first night I ate a bunch of mushrooms and got drunk, and then I watched people fight in a real life Thunderdome. Yeah, they have that. And I was like all fucked up and was like, D-. I thought it was like staged at first, and then a guy like swung his metal clad fist and knocked the other dude out, and they had medics come in. I was like, oh, shit. oh, this is real. This is real fighting. I was like, okay. So I freaked out, and then the desert starts blowing like crazy winds. So we all go back to our tents. And I'm in a group of people that are all pretending to be in the army. So I'm part of, like, the army group. So I'm in, like, you have to dress in, like, your Theme. your gear there yeah. or they won't let you in. So I, like, got there and they made me change at the entrance. And so I wore, like, army surplus vest with all these pockets and with, like, a canteen and these, like, military pants. And uh, I think that was – and then I had, like, some crazy, like, wasteland goggles. So I'm in all of that and then I'm with all these other army people. The wind's coming, so they help us buckle down our tents. And then I'm in my tent, and I'm like, you know what? To chill out, I'm going to do some DMT. Because if you do enough of it, you'll fall asleep pretty easy. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to do some DMT and then pass out in the windy tent. And I go to hit it and then pull up some music, and I realize I have no service. So I'm like, fuck. And I've already started to hit the DMT pen, so I'm like, oh, no. So I just pull up, like, a video from a concert on my phone, and I start playing that, and I lean it over, and I'm looking at my thumbs. And even though they're still my thumbs, they looked like – you ever seen the Wallace and Gromit claymation films? Yeah, they looked like claymation thumbs, and I recognized them as like a weird monkey flesh suit. And I was like, "Oh, right now I'm the alien consciousness inside of the mech suit," and just like looking at those thumbs and being like, "That's not who I am. That's just what I'm in." And I think about that a lot. So, I want to start <laughs> referring to myself as my avatar. 
Wow. As soon yeah. as you said that, the plant behind you fell. Wow. The entities. So yeah. the entities, when you feel them around you. Yeah. But you see them? You, you see, you, what do they well, look like? you experience like? them because your senses all blend what together. What do they light look like? It depends. Uh, sometimes they'll just be like bodies monsters. of light. Yeah, to me, it's always light things. So you friendly. think that the DMT basically takes us to re- our real reality and this is the bullshit? So I think that wow. the real I've world... I've heard this, but never like this. Yeah, This is good descriptions. So the way I think it happens is we're existing right now as three-dimensional beings in a four-dimensional plane. So we experience time linearly, like today and then tomorrow and then the next day. And because of that, every event has significance because it only happens for a set period of time. And then at some point, no matter who you are, you die. So you have like this linear progression where you experience all these events. And because they're temporary, they're significant. Mm -hmm. But what happens when you die is you get returned to the source energy that's at a higher dimension where time is no longer linear. All things are and are not at the same time. So in that point, nothing has significance or meaning because happiness, sadness, joy, you know, a cool moment, they all are happening and not happening at the same time. So the purpose of human existence is when we go from that higher plane and inhabit this mech suit that's this body for mm-hmm. this plane so that we can experience significance because it's limited. That's what I think life is. Dude, that was I, like a br- <laughs> <laughs> That was like a genius description. That should be clipped right now. <laughs> I did a bunch of DMT in the, the desert in Navajo territory and wrote that down on a MacBook and was like, I figured it out. I'm done. Yeah, we've, we've had a lot of talks about this. We so just, skin suit. We jump yeah. into our skin suit. This is a little trip. Yeah. We're out of it. Yeah, and then we die and we go back to that higher level of energy. And then once we're there, we're like, okay, I want to go back and be a human. And then, then you get to experience a new layer of consciousness. Like the avatar. This is yeah. our avatar. But if you remembered everything... Like, memory is dependent on linear time because memory is only a way of, you know, like, lining stuff up to determine what the dimension is. Like, without memory, you don't experience time. So you can't keep your memories from this life in a new life because once you cease to exist, they go back into the pool of everything is and isn't. So that's why we don't have any memories of past life. But, like, past life regressions and stuff where there's, like, source energy inside of you that used to be part of other shit. That stuff kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah I, think your, I think your consciousness is eternal, but your identity is finite. Like yes. All your life experiences on Earth are not tied to your consciousness. I believe that. I believe that we're, our consciousness keeps going, and this is just one skin suit stop. Yeah. It's fun, right? Yeah. If, and, and I think if we have memories and different things like that or deja vu, it's the other stuff peeking through. The software has a glitch. Yeah. I believe like ghosts are like basically right there. It's just another dimension we're peeking into without by accident. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah, and this is kind of. This conversation took a turn. <laughs> <laughs> we went from open mic. So what was Malibu's most yeah. wanted like? <laughs> All right. So Tremor 6? Yeah, yeah. My oh, yeah. brain let's, is like fried. I feel like I the, did DMT. You don't yeah. have to look, bro. Just feel it. Oh, feel what you're about to say. I got to I gotta look at the questions. The questions from the... Oh, yeah, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, we had a couple of fans. You said you had some questions for us. I think I did. Hold on. Go ahead. Uh, someone asked if you could say the N-word like you did in Malibu's Most Wanted on air. Yeah. Good, 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 good. Yeah, good, 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 good. What a um, great question. Thanks, that person. That was it. Oh, and then we that got a... That was a written script. The character said. Yeah, yeah. 
Then we have a uh, what is life? Have you ever done shrooms and acid at the same time? Is there a god? Is that someone just asked that before this? They saw this convo. Yeah, correct. Wow. So you guys talk about this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, just, I mean, it kind of happens. Uh, it's hard what to is not talk is... about the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> you mean DMT? Yeah. Yeah. It's dude. I've done a lot of cool shit in my life. I've been all over the world. I've done a lot of fun stuff. DMT is the coolest thing I've ever done. It sounds like something I've never. Exp- yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of stuff too. And yeah, I, that sounds like something insane. It seems like yeah. you leave your realm. Yeah, and the other thing that's cool about it too is that you don't have to blast off all the way. So all those crazy entities and visions and stuff, that's like the second. But it's so weird. You go and you sign up for Potluck Monday. Mm-hmm. You go to another dimension, <laughs> and then you come down, and you're like, "Oh, I still have three more in the list." Yeah, it's hilarious. If I get picked. It's like, hilarious. Talk about a letdown. Jesus Christ. That's, dude, all dude, the... Jesus. The entities are like comedians, too, because they're just like, everything's a joke. Like, everything's fun. When I was nervous about DMT, one time they did like a little light show for me. Like, I like I didn't get all the way to blasting off. My pen died too soon, so the battery didn't get there. So instead of seeing like a full visual entity, I just had closed my eyes and the music was playing, and they were like two little black like felix the cat looking sprite figures and they just did like a cool little light swirly show and made like a heart and a peace sign and then like just communicate because they communicate without words it's just like telepathy and they were just like everything's okay you are loved wow just like a nice message hold on i love that and i like to answer that question what was the question is that the only two questions oh there's a third oh Uh, hold on i have a, a theory of what you just said is that what is life? You already said you have not done shrooms and acid at the same time. And is there a God? Is there a God? Uh, I don't even know. I think there's like AI. That's what I believe in. Mm-hmm. I, I think that we're going to create AI and become the next God. Yes. And it's just going to keep going down. Well, I believe the hive mind. So we're all typing in everything everywhere every time. And that's creating like this super intelligent thing that mm-hmm. will be something that we're a part of but you just said something that uh, the sprites the loving sprites doing the dance oh i know what it is what if so do you you know you ever heard of the term like you know we're on the planet and we're all kind of basically if you look at the way the planet is set up it's kind of like we're all behind the eight ball right do you know anybody that has enough money in the bank that has all their bills paid off that is doing what they love you know it's a very small percentage Mm -hmm. it's usually people getting behind the eight ball and we're on this nipple system where we have to suck enough to get enough and then to pay into the system. What if, so it's, and it works for a few, right? So Mm -hmm. basically the planet is filled of mostly workers supporting a few people, Mm -hmm. right? Then the rich people, right? Mm -hmm. What if the DMT, because I've heard this now from you guys and someone else, because we have this huge fear of death. Mm Mm-hmm. But if DMT makes you feel like, oh, shit, this is just like right now I'm at the Indiana Jones ride. And then when I die, I'm going over here to, you know, the teacups and like each adventure is a new life. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't be as scared. So what if DMT lets you know that, oh, shit, this is just another temporary stop and it's been hidden and outlawed to keep us in fear? Yeah, Yeah, it could be a gateway freedom. Mushrooms. Mushrooms as wow. medicine is like a new concept in modern society. It's been but around they, since the Native Americans. It's been around since the dawn of humanity and all over the place. And it's more natural than uh, marijuana, which like you have to like grow it and 
wait for it to flower and then dry it and then smoke it. Whereas mushrooms, you just pick it up and eat it right there. We don't slander marijuana on this podcast. You <laughs> <laughs> don't dis- besmirch I'm just saying the mushrooms are weed. easier to consume. But it's but weed is it's from God. It's from the Bible, I think. But also, <laughs> yeah, George. What do you think great. the burning bush was? Yeah, for sure. Uh, some say it was an acacia plant, which is DMT containing in high doses. Isn't that really? interesting? Yeah. But I was going to say about the the whole humans uh, having to basically pay rent to live on Earth. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking the other day from a, a ketamine trip that you know we've been led to believe our whole lives that humans are the most advanced species on the planet. Because we have all this technology and all this creation and art. That's us asking our own D. Yeah. Well, my the way I see it is maybe that's not indicative of us being so advanced, but rather it's us overcompensating for our lack of ability to communicate. Because like dolphins and shit that are super smart, but that's they like- use sonar and they can they come close to telepathy. And I think the whole goal of humanity is telepathy in a sense. To where everything we're doing is trying to take the thoughts in our mind, materialize them, or put them into words so that other people can understand them and put them into their minds. And we're basically trying to transfer ideas to one another. And we're not very good at it because we're always fighting. We're always arguing. And we're Mm -hmm. always misunderstanding each other. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know, man. I, I feel like saying that people inventing technology to overcompensate for their shortcomings makes them weak is like saying someone that is low self-esteem who gets very giant muscles and strong to overcompensate that isn't strong like they they did all those things to compensate for their weakness but that they are now not weak because they've compensated like we have all these problems as humans but we've made technology to fix them like we made running water well they're still not as strong as an orangutan but we can shoot them with a gun yeah but um I can nuke a city. We wouldn't need to shoot things with guns if we could communicate better. Maybe. What about violent people? You gotta shoot them They're with guns. They're still people. They're frustrated. Yeah. Violent people are frustrated. So he's saying if we could communicate better uh-huh. and take that person's frustration away, they'd probably be less violent. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with that. So but we you should, should say one of thing a bunch of different ways. 80% of the people work for the you know 1% of the people that benefit. We should have everybody work for everybody so that nobody is starving. Oh, so you're a communist. Yeah, a little bit. No, there's enough to go around. There's not even, we don't even need money. There's more homeless people than there are, or there are more empty houses than there are homeless people. Yes. Like, that doesn't make any sense. We don't need money. There's enough resources to go around. There's enough food to go around if we shared. It's fucked yeah, up. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of issues and with like, capitalism. Th- there's issues with both. Like, we need some new... I love capitalism. Like, yeah, well, capitalism breeds innovation. Yeah. You know? Like, if you have the ability to become uber wealthy through your own creation, it spawns some of the coolest shit ever. But it also has to be curbed because now we have fucking rich people playing space toys and we have other people working for them peeing in bottles. You know, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. Those, that shouldn't coexist. Those What's two, wrong with peeing in bottles? When it's by choice, it's fine. When it's your only option to keep your low-wage job so you can continue to live indoors, it's problematic. I used to pee in a lot of bottles in Los Angeles in the traffic. There was a there was a time where I'd have like four full piss bottles in the passenger seat. You take a lot of vitamins? Drink a lot of water. Like more than a gallon a day? Probably not. Maybe. You would, yeah, I think you're going to get hyperemesis if you do that. I don't know. i got to pee right now. Yeah, pee yourself. For Got a view. bottle? For, no, for the views. Pee in your pants. 
Mr. I don't want to do pants. that to the studio. Yeah, it's a nice chair. That's it's really all that's holding us back at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what about those uh, luxury diapers we were going to try out? <laughs> We've covered a lot. Yeah. We've covered a lot. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. I, so I, I did want to ask, because I, I find it fascinating, like, the longevity of your career and all the stuff that you've been able to do. Like, it's super fucking cool to get to flex your creative muscle in so many different ways. Is there like anything you still really want to do that you haven't done yet? Uh, I mean, probably direct something, but it would have to be something that I'm really passionate about because mm-hmm. I think I could probably do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, honestly, I've touched a lot of, I've touched almost every corner of the entertainment business. Yeah, dude, I I've had, been very fortunate. What was your favorite? It's hard to say. Or some of them. I mean, like, look, doing the Jamie Kennedy experiment was an incredible thing for me. It was my own baby. It was my own creation. It was like beginning of the WB network, and it was I had the run of yeah. You know, my I was able to just take my ideas and put them on television. Yeah, making Malibu's was another you know baby of mine. Being in Scream was awesome because it was yeah. just a sneaky. That's my wife's favorite role of yours, by the way. She, oh. She's a Scream Jamie Kennedy is my favorite thing in the world. Oh, so. tell her thank you. What yeah. was your involvement with Malibu's Most Wanted outside of being the actor? Created it. You you wrote it? Yeah, I was one yeah. of the writers. So okay. I, I did the character on stage. That was an example of how I used to stand up, you know, so stand up. Yeah, because I was going to say that has like you in it. So, yeah, it was like a character I did on stage. And then I, one of my first TV shows was uh, called Late Friday. So Late Friday was a show where they would do like comedians on with like i don't know if you remember like music videos Mm -hmm. but they would have music videos and comedians and so i was did a set Mm -hmm. and it was like on after conan oh cool and it was like you get five minute tape and so i did b rad on it and then i was able to take that tape and go to the wb that was one of the bases of well we like this guy let's figure out a sketch show with him and then the show's born and then the character got on the show and then it got popular and then I said, let's pitch it as a movie. But I had a lot oh. of help. But the original character was me. So That's so cool. To take it from an idea literally sitting in Swinger's coffee shop to huh. doing it as a joke to then, yeah, like, there you go. So That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that, that was very fulfilling. Yeah. But I think entertainment is just so different now in terms of, like, I don't know, like, how we're going to watch scripted stuff when the world is just so fascinating more and more. Yeah. You know, like, this is this is it. The, doing stuff like this, doing pods, meeting new people. You're, you're on a pod every day, every other day, sometimes two a day. Yeah. And I think that I, wanted, I want to do something that's different outside of my realm of mm-hmm. some kind of award would be pretty cool. Yeah. You know, but I don't even know how long that's going to last. Because I think like entertainment is just ever expanding, and I think like yeah. there's going to be so many independent people, and it's just Hollywood is going to be one slice of this humongous pie. That's my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I could definitely see that. I think podcasting is is definitely the future. It's going and to be bigger than everything. I think because it's it's authentic, and people 100%. just want to see how. I think it'll they give people see a real. perspective. Like the fact that you guys, we started one way in a perspective I thought we were going to go, and then we started going down this road, and then this whole fucking dissertation about what humanity is, what I never expected. And I bet your fans are really going to love that. You know what I'm saying? We hope so. (laughs) And and, and, and it's, but it is, it's authentic. The shit, listen, I love talk shows. I do. You know what I mean? But you, you, you get, 
you know, when you do a talk show, you go on and they go, hey, let's talk about your five stuff we're going to talk about. And I get it. You got a six minute hunk and, you know, you have to go then to the sponsors, go to the commercial. And you got the hit and they set you up and they go, so tell us about what happened the first time you had that job at Walmart. And you do a funny line and then you're done. Podcast, you don't have to do any of that. And you yeah. can really fucking go deep and spill the tea. You know, yeah, actually, I started, I had a my own podcast called Casburgers. I still do it sometimes, but this is the priority. I started that because I wanted my premises to be funny. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry. You hear that? You just it broke every bone in your body. Dude, <laughs> what the fuck was that? Sorry. Did you just go to another dimension? <laughs> a little bit. It's Dude, you just cracked your shit. I bet. I was trying Can to do you silently. do silently? Do you understand you're on the fucking show right now? I bet. It, Did the mic pick that up? It, it was really tight in my neck. And, 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 well, I'm in the middle right here. It's up in ka 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 all night. So, you know, do one of these. Do the other side even I, 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 You're going to be crooked. I got both. I got both. <laughs> Dude, I go to a guy for that. How do you yeah, do yeah. that? Uh, does it, I don't know. I've never heard that before. That was intense. So wait, you were Come saying about hamburgers? Your what? podcast was hamburgers? Casburgers. <laughs> oh. Combination of the word podcast and Asburgers. Oh, Pat? Casburgers. Cat? What's yeah. the casp? Podcast. Oh. Casburgers. Oh, okay. Do you have, do you have, do you have Asburgers? Uh, maybe. You don't know. No. <laughs> he doesn't, but a lot of girls accuse him of it. It's a good cop-out. Because so there's been times where I've Could you like, say, like, the wrong thing? And so you just say it was... Yeah. And then they'll be like, I'll, I'll say I have Asperger's, and they'll be like, oh, okay, that's fine then. Well, and also he'll say things like, I hate anyone who doesn't agree with my opinions. And they'll be like, <laughs> are you serious? And he'll be like, yes, I'm serious. I'm always right. And they'll be like, you're a douchebag. And they're like, yes, thank you. So they're like, you have Asperger's, you know? Oh, okay, then that's yeah. your cop-out. But you don't know. So you did cast I wouldn't have phrased it like that, but I can't disagree. That was almost a direct quote <laughs> from your Instagram. That is literally like I, I paraphrased the last two texts, and the rest is exactly you on the dating app. It sounds better when I say it, though. Yeah. For, well, because you know the inflection you mean. I hate hearing things I said repeated back to me. <laughs> what happened to the... That the Casperger's. Oh, I was just saying the reason I started that podcast is because I wanted... I had a, a bunch of premises for jokes that I couldn't come up with punchlines for. And I realized that a podcast was a great premise where something that would bomb on stage because it's unfinished would do great on a podcast because just the concept of it is funny. Yeah. Like there was this old white guy that got fired for emailing too many Tupac quotes to his like 2,200 employees. Mm -hmm. And I, that's a funny story. I don't have a punchline that's for hilarious. it. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It's like that is hilarious. Do you remember that? No. That's oh. awesome. Wow. What a great like gag. Like how, who gets mad at that though? Like who's like in their email and is like, "Ah, oh, fucking Greg in accounting sent another Tupac quote." I guess the the chairman of the board. Wow. Oh, we're, we're not a fan of the hip hop culture, I guess. Wow. I don't remember. Racist. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, I I so I have uh, I both agree that the future is podcasting and long form content. But I, I think like a good counterpoint to that, and to play devil's advocate, TikTok. Huge. I, I mean, the they just added up to three minute videos on there now, but up until then it had been under a minute. And something like Vine that was incredibly popular before was seven seconds. Like we have a lot of this content. Like one of the things I've noticed on our clips that we put on TikTok, if they're around thirty seconds, they do really well, especially if the funniest part is a lead up in the first six seconds. 
because that's what I need to get people's attention. And like our longer videos, they get good interaction, but not anywhere near the numbers of short, funny stuff. Yeah. And people are just like constantly on Instagram, social media, all social media just entertain me as quick as possible. 100%. And stuff like this, you know, like I'm worried that the attention spans are going to be killed where they can't handle. No, I don't disagree with that. What I mean is uh, the reality. People want real. Mm. I think they won't always discover real. So I think scripted content is going to, it's always going to be there as escapism. But like to me, watching the craziest shit in our world is just getting crazier by the hour. Mm. So I want to consume that. Don't we watch more viral videos than you do Netflix series? I mean, yeah. I do. I'm constantly watching YouTube. I'm constantly watching shit. It's a combination of real and short attention span. Yeah, 100%. So and short videos. Our and, uh, world, candid. our world is so fucking bizarre right now because everything's getting exposed. So, yeah. do you want to escape? Well, and all those things that used to be just like a story you told people that were like, it's oh, real. you probably embellished that. Well, now you have a 4K camera with you all the fucking time. You're like, oh, look, I just recorded in 60 frames per second this crazy thing that would have just been folklore, you know? With receipts. Yeah. I just did a show. I can't talk about it, but it's going to come out in October, and it's all about, I don't want to go too deep, but we go look for aliens. Oh, shit. And it was like, we went to a really cool place to do it. I can't really talk about it, but it's... You guys should have done DMT. You would have found them. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, these disclosures and shit that are being talked about were nothing compared to, like, there's a lot of people looking for them. I'm uh, intrigued. I was going to ask you if you thought aliens were next after COVID. Aliens, 100%. They're 100%. Dude. My dad was a huge alien enthusiast, but, like, always talked about it so first of all the fact that we think we're the only people here is completely ignorant and narcissistic and second of all yeah the government is blessing it right they're like slowly introducing it to us right so i think you know what project Bluebeam is yes i was about to bring that up i mean i think that's not unheard of do you know what i'm saying you know what that is right? i don't can we go over it because i'm sure so, some of them don't know too I'll tell me when I'm wrong. Project Bluebeam is basically the way there's a company that's being funded. I don't know the name of it, but they were like a billion dollar startup. Okay. But I've never heard of them since. Basically, Project Bluebeam is a way to put holographic holographic images in front of you so you think it's real. Yeah, it's basically mm. just projecting UFOs in the sky. Yes. But in a super, super like realistic 8K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the angle is, they say with Project Bluebeam is, which already we're saying too much, but I think everything's coming out, is the fake alien invasion to, mm. to distract us from big things. So the theory is that something crazy is going to happen, mm -hmm. and it's so crazy that we're going to, the, the, the players at B are going to have to do something else. So Project Bluebeam is the distraction. Yeah, like in theory, they could just project a UFO hovering over every major city. And then you come outside, you look up, there's a spaceship above you hovering. Yeah. And then they enact all these laws. And Yes. If COVID doesn't, do whatever enough, you believe, yeah. if, if, you know, obviously COVID is real. But if, the, if there's our people that believe that there's the lockdowns and stuff are excessive, if that's not enough, what would be the next thing? 
like you said, like enact the laws. So, you know, the thing that, that's always interesting to me is that like we talk about Bluebeam and we talk about, you know, 8K stuff and like projections and like how the government would use it to trick us. And a lot of the naysayers and like people are like, no, that wouldn't happen. Like we had, uh, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. 9-11? No, the <laughs> one in Cuba where we were going to fake something. Bay of Pigs. No, it's the name of it was like Operation. It's either Northwood or Paperclip. One of those. Operation Paperclip, Paperclip was, was the Nazis. Nazi, yeah. Paperclip was the Nazis. So Northwood, maybe that's what, off is of it Northwood is the Cuba one. But basically, it was a false flag operation to be able to start a war with Cuba, yes. perpetrated by the United States to garner public favor, and it made it all the way to the president before it was sent down and that person was fired. But the fact that it made it all the way to the president means that there was enough public, like in the government, like support for that that it made it there like bureaucracy doesn't get things to the top without a lot of support yeah. so like that was fucking six yeah, years the, ago now the proposals called for the cia or other u.s government operatives to both stage and actually commit acts of terrorism against american military and civilian targets blaming them on the cuban government and using it to justify war against cuba so like when yeah. i started getting into like 9-11 trutherism like the first thing my first interaction with anybody saying anything about 9-11 being a conspiracy theory was in New York on a family trip uh, a few years after 9-11 down near the memorial. There was a, like a legitimate crackhead with the DVD loose change that was just screaming at everyone in the most bizarre way. So I was like, you know, it's clearly just like a fringe lunatic thing to think that 9-11 was not uh, just a terrorist attack. Then, you know, you start to investigate it more and you learn more things. And you're like, you know, at this point, I don't know what happened. I just don't think we were told the truth. So, like, I, I mean, it, it worries me that they have the ability to project fake images in the sky. Mm -hmm. uh, but I have also gotten to the point now where, where there's so much bullshit that we've been a part of. I, I don't know that anything is real, but I know that stand-up is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, and I know that I could get on a stage and make people laugh, and like yeah. they're not 8K projections. How do you know the audience isn't holograms? I touch some of them. <laughs> One time, I sweat very much, and I took a bead of I took the sweat, and I tried to do this on the ground, and a bead of sweat arced and hit a lady in the lap, and it went bloop. Doesn't do that on holograms. Yes, you got to do like that every said, time to make sure. I, I'm going to start just taking my reality drink and doing test. this into the crowd. <laughs> they're going to get every set because I'm now schizophrenic. <laughs> that all of my just crowds... making sure you're all real. Yeah, and it's real, and it's real tonight at seven o'clock. Yeah. Well, this, this comes out on Sundays at 8 p.m. No, it's coming out right Saturday. now. No, yeah, it, this was it's a live. live stream. Yeah, this is live Saturday at 8 p.m. That, wait, what? <laughs> I'm in the live chat right now. Yeah. Yeah, same. We Yeah, we have we premiere these live on Saturdays. Oh, great. Yeah. And we have a live chat. Me and him will participate. But it's very funny to see the disconnect between we're on screen talking and then both of us are in the chat typing with people. Yeah. Yeah, well, behind the scenes. 90% of the live chat conversations have nothing to do with the podcast. Yeah. 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 That's good, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the fact they're on engaging is, is cool. You've got a great podcast now. It's been I've doing got it. a podcast. Yeah. It's called Hate to Break It to You. I'm about 40 eps deep. I have a YouTube channel called Jamie Kennedy, but I do. Yeah. The podcast is more like rants and then guests. The cool. YouTube channel is all like behind the scenes and my takes on Hollywood and, cool. you know, a lot of behind the scenes stories of stuff about people. Yeah, I, I saw one of your videos is getting into kind of what we were talking about. Hollywood is about to be a very small piece of a bigger pie. Yeah. And that's something you feel pretty strongly about. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, I'm still a little, you know, I still hold back some of my opinions, but, you know, I think that it's uh, traditional Hollywood is a wrap. 
Mm-hmm. I think that it's it's I love it. I've been lucky being part of it. But I think like you just said, the Addison Ray, you know, my best year, I've had a very good you know, I had a very good year. I made four point one million dollars. Fuck yeah. And that was through traditional media. Boner town. That's awesome. And it, it's a good year, right? And I've done yeah. you know, I've done well since, you know. I've done up, I've done down. Addison Ray got on TikTok in twenty eighteen. Last year she made six point two. Now, I'm not saying that she's in Scream or she's in anything like that, but what I'm saying is... I don't know who that is. Exactly. Me either. either. She's a humongous TikToker. So what I'm saying is, in terms of money, people are going to create all different ways. There's reality. There's TikTok. There's fucking YouTube. Mm -hmm. So people are not going to wait to go like the route I did where I go, please pass me in a comedy club. Please see me for your commercial audition. They're just going to do their thing. You're pretty financially literate, right? What does that mean? Like good at, <laughs> good at money. I do okay. Yeah. Like I mean, good at not making it specifically, but like using well, it. I and make it. In. Well, I mean, I mean, I've, I've, listen, I've invested some terrible investments and lost money, and then I've had a couple that have done okay, but I've made you know money in my career. I'm, I'm fine. I watched a, a podcast with you and this like young TikToker that was talking about how him and a bunch of guys pay like an. You exorbitant, watched that one? Yeah, that's awesome. Why'd you watch that? Uh, you know Emily Hagen. Is that Emily knows everything? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I oh, think she, she told you to, to watch me. it. Yeah. Like, so did you like it? Yeah, yeah. I liked what you had to say. the The kid was talking about how him and his friends split split like a thirty thousand dollar a month rental place in Hollywood. That's Movie Man Mark. So Movie Man Mark had. I used to live in this neighborhood, so I bought my house for about a half a million mm-hmm. right by the Laugh Factory, and then nice. I sold it for about 1.4, so I made good Shit, money. Yeah. yeah, so it was good, and then the whole market crashed, and then I bought another house, which was too expensive, and now I'm kind of even on that one, but you know, I fucking should have waited to buy, but I made money on the first house. That whole neighborhood, the backstory, is now big. And so the lot of they took all these houses around that part of West Hollywood, refurbished them, multi million dollar houses. And they're all content houses. So six, eight, ten creators go on. So you guys know what content houses are. Yeah, yeah. And so he's they don't even fuck they hate TikTokers. TikTokers have another house, YouTubers, and then there's snappers. Mm-hmm. Like there's all these different groups. Snapper. Snapchats who make content, right? People Snapchat. make money on Snapchat? Tons. Yeah. So tons, and then there's just pod people, you know, there's all this different stuff. So Movie Man Mark has about 10 different people. So here's an example. I'll, I'll try to keep it concise here. He was in a house on the street where my house was. My mortgage was 2800 a month when I was paying it. Mm-hmm. He was a couple blocks away. They were renting the house for $36,000 a month. Now it was a pimp house. Sure, but but the it fuck? was not the actual deed was not they could have put the down payment on, but the house yeah. is now worth, you know, like four million. It's a beautiful house. So all Still. of these guys go in and they create content and then they it's a pretty cool system of how they what you make is your percentage paid into it. But okay. there were people in the house making a hundred thousand dollars a month. And there was people in the house only making $5,000 a month. Now, $5,000 a month, you're saying, is still really great. Yeah. But so. Fucking banging mansion. That's pretty dope. Yeah. So this whole ecosystem that I don't know. I'm sure you guys know it exists, but you're not knowing who some of these people are. Yeah. It's totally fine. But like 
they do two things. They during the pandemic, if you went to Boa, which just opened up right up not far from the store, it's packed every night, and it was packed with TikTokers. Wow, just tons of these kids. It's like a steakhouse, right? Incredible, right? And then also Saddle Ranch was, was hot yeah. back in the day when I was in MTV. Then got cold. They made it hot again. And so all the TikTokers, it's insane, right? Fucking Saddle Ranch. I know, right? And, but it's a good spot. Yeah, so, yeah I never had a I bad night the, there. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I know, right? It's still great. It's generational. Yeah. So these guys, these kids are, you don't even know this, but did you guys see the fight with Austin McBroom? Yeah. You know Austin McBroom is? Do you know who Bryce Hall is? Taylor, all these guys. These Bryce are Hall's young. These yeah. are young. So it's like you got the Paul brothers, mm-hmm. and then the tree from that mm, goes okay. down. So the Paul brothers were able to clout themselves up to become these huge entities to fight actual Floyd Mayweather, yeah. which is Insane. a legitimate legacy world star of professional sports, like the man. Mm-hmm. And the Paul brothers and Logan went in and did a great job. Underneath that, there's a lot of other things happening, which is very exciting. So a guy named Austin McBroom fought another guy named Bryce Hall. And Bryce Hall, to fight him, I believe, made $4 million. Wow. Jesus. How do I fight someone? Dude, check this out. All of this is because of, like, the fan bases that grow. And then they did it. I want to say they did it through the Triller app. You guys know Mm -hmm. who Triller is. No. Triller is... Uh, Logan Paul's like a part owner of that one, uh, right? Jake is. I Jake, believe. Yeah. I'm not sure. But basically, it's like a pay-per-view app, but it's done by like a lot of like influencers. The I'm only not thing sure. I've heard about it is from the H3 podcast. Yeah. The Triller is just like hemorrhaging money and is very poorly run and is like very nepotism I, shit. But. I don't know enough about it, but what okay. I'm saying is there's apps, whether it's Triller and all this stuff. There's This whole fight went on in a sub... Genre, meaning like it wasn't like mainstream media talked about and millions of dollars were made and put in people's pockets. And it was never a blurb in the L.A. Times. It was never talked about in Rolling Stone. It was never Entertainment Tonight. What I'm saying mm-hmm. is legacy media didn't know about it. And it was huge. And so there's so I've been getting in the golf. So I'm oh, going to start yeah. it here. I'd like to challenge another person uh, who's a celebrity to uh, a golf match. Ooh, who are you challenging? I don't know yet. I have to see who the good golfers are. Mm. Um, you know, I'd love a water. And they have to be honest with their with their. Uh, Thank you. So I think much. right here would be That's good, but I think there's going to be all these ecosystems made. So, like mm-hmm. for instance, you can create your own shows in a field, sell tickets because you got what's the name of his pod? Giggle Boys. Giggle Boy. <laughs> yeah. It's a Giggle Boy. So you can be the Giggle Fest. Yeah. And and so what I'm saying is it's a beautiful time. This is why entertainment. Yeah, well, that's what we did with the Wanderlust shit is we did a Giggle show. 100%. Yeah. So anyway, all I'm trying to tell you is is that's why entertainment is going to be disruptive because people do not give a fuck. And what they're, obviously you want to do great projects and you want to work with great directors if you're an actor or work with great musicians if you're a singer and all of this stuff. But there are a lot of people that just say, I want to make as much money as I can. Mm. And they're going to do whatever they can. Yeah. Does that makes sense. Yeah, fucking love it. It's an exciting time. It yeah, is. The reason I brought up that uh, podcast, though, is because when the guy told you that he was paying all this money for the mortgage yes. or the rent, you, you were like, you could just, you could have put a down payment on and yes. the mortgage would be like nothing compared yes. to that. And then he was like, whoa, people should 
know about this like you could just buy real estate and rent it out like and and i was like dude what <laughs> yeah everyone should know about this well oh, i think he i, I think... know who you're talking about now you sent me his stand-up yeah <laughs> oh boy really <laughs> so i i was able to make it through about a minute wow you're going hard on the movie man no no, no. he's dude you, no everybody's good at everything <laughs> I'm sure he's great at other shit. He obviously has a much bigger following than me. He's, he's a good impressionist. I, I'm sure his impressions are great, but what yeah. I watched was him get on stage and go, I made it through all of high school without doing drugs. And everyone goes, unless you count weed as a drug. <laughs> and then the entire audience is like, I'm a fucking guy! And I was like, all right. That's the one joke I remember as and, well. And Why were you guys looking at his stand-up? Because I saw him on your podcast, and I wanted to know who he and was. We're like, oh, let's see what stand-ups Jamie Kennedy associates with. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, great. I didn't know he did stand-up. Is he your opener? No. <laughs> I didn't no. know he did stand-up until he did my pod. No. I thought he was a, he's a sweet Shout-out to your future Kyle Anderson, though. He's Yeah, amazing. Kyle Anderson's a great Incredible. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking hilarious. Yeah, he's great. Listen, I, you know. <laughs> I'm just messing We're with all him. God's children. <laughs> 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 you, the fact you guys did a deep dive is actually pretty nice of that. Yeah. Know, yeah. No, we should have watched Tremor 6. Yeah. yeah. You should do that. I look forward to your Yelp. Yeah. Oh, man. that would. Can we Yelp movies? Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Rotten Unless tomatoes. you consider weed as a drug. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I've never... Seen his stand-up. I think he's the sweetest kid. He's funny. Oh, yeah, no, I'm sure he is. I know, but I know he does good impressions. No, the yeah. punchline was actually, because weed is not a drug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Which doesn't really change anything, but. Yeah, but yeah. Jesus, the fact that you guys went down the rabbit hole on his rent issues, yeah. or not buying, and then watching his stand-up. Yeah, well, we're not funny. far enough in our careers to not have the, well, I mean, he fills his free time with fighting and you know entrepreneurial activities, and I consume a lot of content. Yes. <laughs> That work on I only want to work with TikTok stand-ups. Yeah, good. good that was good. that's actually our, our biggest uh, viral thing. We got um, we started taking clips from ready. this okay. and posting it on a TikTok, and we had one video hit like two million views, and we really? consistently get like over ten thousand. Yeah, on TikTok. On TikTok, we're we're at almost like I think we're at like nine hundred sixty thousand likes. And we yeah. got like thirty eight thousand followers. Nine hundred sixty. That's great. Yeah, yeah. That, that blew up great. like a couple months. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, this podcast, like, we started it in December mm. of last year, and then now we're on Drinking Bros, and it's July. Yeah, basically, I'm just really glad we got picked up by Drinking Bros because I was not excited for our legacy as TikTokers. Yeah, but you like TikTok. You're you're. I mean, I don't like it. I just know it's necessary. Yeah. I use every platform. When I post something, I'll post it on LinkedIn. Hell yeah. I mean, I'll use, there's like, you know, YouTube, Facebook. I use wherever. I don't give a shit. It's just about getting the word out. Well, where would you like people to go and follow you and support uh, you? What's best for you? The Instagram, the Jamie Kennedy, and then they'll see my link tree. All of it. YouTube. I got my pod. I hate to break it to you. It's on iTunes. All that shit. Perfect. Just go to my Instagram and then the link tree will take you. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, awesome, man. Anything else you want to plug? Uh, tonight I'm playing Converted Barn with you. Yeah. Hell yeah. And you, are you doing a guesty? No. Right. I would like to. Yeah. Uh, maybe, well, but we're going to be there Maybe to hang take out. a DMT hit and then you can be doing one in that realm. Yeah, you can do a guest spot in the DMT realm. Well, I'll tell That'd you where cool. you're both not going to get booked. Movie Man Mark's next show. <laughs> <laughs> the high school auditorium. You heard Damn it, Mark. It. I defended you. He, he, great he did. He did defend impression. you. I, yeah. Well, we should start beef with him for clout. You yeah. should. More you followers. should. 
There's a good Kermit the Frog. Yeah. A good Kermit the Does Frog? Does a good Kermit the Frog. Awesome. Well, Working he will do Starbucks. great in 1996. <laughs> 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 His fucking kid. What's up, Mark? He's 20, What's up, bro? He wasn't even born yet. The kid's like 21. Dude, meet me in a bar when you turn 21. What's up? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> and I'll fight you. You guys yeah. go hard. <laughs> Idiots. Starting a beef. <laughs> Poor Canadian TikToker. Oh, he's Canadian? Yeah. We oh, love God. Canadians on this he's, show. He's a good guy. Don't say But that. not Movie Man yeah. Mark. What's up, dude? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I will eat poutine at you. What's up, dude? <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, this is great. great. Thank you. We're going to have to edit a couple things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Giga Boys! Giga Boys! Patreon.com slash Giggle Boys. Yeah.